Welcome back to your daily dose of the four podmen, the weekly podcast we bring you on the Dynamo Podcast Network on YouTube. Audio versions of the show are available on Anchor. And if you'd like to contact the show, you will find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me tonight, as always, my brothers in arms, the podfather himself, sporting a beautiful Hulk Hogan shirt. Ian Kelly, how are you doing, Ian? Hollywood Hogan, to be fair, but yes, I'm very well. I'm very well. Also joining, me, also joining me as always tonight, Joe, the Beef Duigan, all the way from Sligo, the Border Counties. How are we doing, Joe? All good, pal. No good complaints. Sliding in there nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, joining me, my hot tag partner, the D-O-double-G. How are we doing, Jay? Fuck yeah, baby. Fuck yeah. Ready for it tonight? Not ready at all. <laughs> well, tonight, gentlemen, we're taking what we often call on episodes a sharp turn left. We're going to take a look back at a man who passed away recently. Um, condolences, of course, to his family and RIP. One, Jerome Young, but you viewers out there will know no doubt as New Jack. Um, quite a diverse episode for us, guys. We're um, kind of more honed into a little bit of wrestling royalty. We talk a lot about Macho, Warrior, Hogan, Brett, Sean, Stone Cold, Rock, guys like that. Rick Rude. Um, New Jack. Ian, talk to me. Quite a diverse character, but um, a man who I would say was a product that may be a victim of his environment. Jerome Forever Young. Should have been his middle name. Should have been Forever Young because he certainly lived it. Um, Forever Hardcore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um very interesting character, like got into the business very, very late. Um, obviously tried to, tried to. Well, I mean, he didn't try. He actually learned how to wrestle. So he learned how to work, obviously, um, in the old school way. And obviously the character that most people remember is New Jack. And it's certainly a million miles away from probably what, what he thought he was getting into. You know what I mean? But um yeah, like a very important character when you mention wrestling, regardless of whether you're into, um, you know, the hardcore style of wrestling or not. I think it's just he's such a unique character that for a lot of, you know, ECW fans. And I know I, I, I joked with Joe and I was teasing him the last time, a couple of, couple of episodes back and saying I wasn't a big ECW fan. But I am under no illusion as to its importance. Um, in the business and to how important it was to, you know, bring in a lot of um, a lot of eyes to the business as well, and 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 bringing them over to the WWE, obviously once it folded as well. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I think he was a very unique character, very out there, very. I mean, Jesus H Christ, hell of a promo, hell of a promo. Um, I think that was his biggest asset. Um, my personal favorite uh, promo was the uh, the one that he'd done on OJ Simpson. Um, <laughs> when he turned around and said, well done, OJ, that's two more down. <laughs> it's like it, like in, in like bumfuck Virginia or somewhere, you know what I mean? And it's like, this guy had no fear. I mean, that's, that's kind of that old school heel that I would imagine if he'd have been around in the territory days in the 80s would have got over like a house on fire or got his ass stabbed or would have stabbed someone. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, when I look at the, when I look at the qualities of, of New Jack, I mean, the promo was the big one. Um, 
you know, I can't sit here and lie just because the man has passed on and say that I was a big fan of his work. You know, know what I mean? If you could even say bell to bell, because there probably was no bell, because it was just a rap song playing in the background for the whole time. Blade to blade. <laughs> blade to blade, yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as um, as far as what he did do, I respect him a hell of a lot more than some of these jabronis like Zandig and all these guys throwing themselves off rooftops. So um has his place within within the world of hardcore wrestling and uh <clears throat> yeah it started out for the right reasons and obviously <clears throat> drifted into a certain kind of um part of the business that <clears throat> we we might not all be fond of but uh, at the same time as i say still very relevant i think that's the key word yeah like if hardware wrestling didn't have a place in the bigger picture vince mcmahon wouldn't have pumped money into it when people didn't know he did exactly you know? exactly jay very good point yeah I think I think I suppose to understand the character of New Jack, we probably need to mention like if we go back to the early days. I mean, as a kid, his dad was an alcoholic and um, yeah had a number of altercations with his mother. No less stabbed her a number of times in front of the kids. Um, also, she decided to leave and bring the kids out to try and get them a better life. And on the way out, he shot her in the leg and various other things like that happened. Uh, happened, which is like you know that's gonna stick with you if that's kind of your childhood and stuff like that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Then he then he went on. He sort of went through school and could have had a real good career in American football. Started out as a, a real good American footballer, um, but got influenced by people around him and took the wrong path. Um, got involved in things like robberies and thieving and all that kind of stuff and kind of took the wrong road, unfortunately, and didn't take the road potentially maybe to the NFL one day. You know? Where did he grow up, Noel? <clears throat> he, he grew up in L.A. So it was L.A., so like South Central. He was a yeah, product of that kind of He, he grew yeah. up around there, yeah. But then, yeah, you have to remember as well, he was coming up in the time where you had the Rodney King stuff, you had the Rampart stuff, then you had the rise of gangs, the Bloods and the Crips. Um, you know, drugs was prevalent at the time. It was Two massive. Packs. Yeah, and then, of course, you had all the hip-hop and the rap stuff coming to the forefront, NWA, you know, all the straight-out-of-Compton stuff and all was huge at the time. So, obviously, he was heavily influenced by that in terms of the build-up to becoming the character New Jack. And, of course, we know the New Jack name came from the movie New Jack City. New Jack, New so, Jack yeah. City. So, that's where he got it from, you know what I mean? So, it's not surprising that the character developed the way he did. Um, but he, it's but very he much a product of his environment, really. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Um, it, it was kind of. I won't say doomed to fail because it didn't fail. It obviously left its mark in wrestling history. But I suppose when you look at him and and you think, I mean, he started out in kind of an interesting territory there. Obviously working with Cornette and stuff like that, um, and of course working with a tag team a lot that we revere a lot, the Rock and Roll Express, who are absolutely for me anyway wrestling royalty with the NWA and everything else. Hell yeah. Um. But kind of, you know, it's somewhere along the line. Um, and we often say this in pro wrestling, when it's really at the top of the market, it's when it mimics reality. And boy, did New Jack mimic reality. <laughs> um, and so, um, hmm. obviously working with uh, Cornette down in Smoky Mountain, um, spent a lot of time there working with the Rock and Roll Express, um, to the point where on one of the shows, didn't they repeat the, the opposite? of the, the, the Rodney King situation where they mm -hmm. took Ricky Martin into the ring and a bunch of them gave him a proper beatdown. 
um, and they just reversed roles, if you like. Well, they were a great tag team as well, to be fair. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Because the thing was, I, I know that they were they were probably planning to do stuff with the Trill Seekers and all that as well. Like, obviously, yeah. Jericho and Lance Storm. Um, but I think there was an injury or something there. But, I mean, they were absolutely causing riots in small buildings. And I think Jim Cornette even said, he said, if that had been, they were four years too soon. If that had been 1997 going into the Attitude Era, boom, Vince is signing those two boys. Yeah. The, I suppose the thing that people forget as well is, I mean, he did hold a number of titles on a number of occasions, and that kind of gets lost in the mix of, you know, some of the issues that we'll bring up shortly, of course. Um, he was also ranked heavily in the, the PWI 500s, um, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, again... I was in that on 20 occasions. I <laughs> <laughs> just stood in Eason's reading. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? But yeah, it, okay? <laughs> what's, yeah, what's happening? But it's still relevant, you know, and then, of course, if you want the blurry lines of, you know, agreed violence in a ring as opposed to going into business for yourself, I mean, he heads off out of there up to ECW, which to me is just the melting pot for a guy like this because this guy wanted to be the most extreme, the most violent, the most hardcore. And week on week and month on month, it raised the bar again and again and again and again to the point where you can't raise it anymore <laughs> or you're actually going to die. <laughs> um, but... um. It's certainly a very interesting and diverse character. Um, the one thing that comes through, I mean, most people know about the mass transit incident um, and what came out of that and what happened. It's, it's, it's no secret. Um, I think most people would know about the Gypsy Joe incident and also the Hunter Red one. Well, to um, be honest with you, I think the, I think the Gypsy, just, just to touch on that, I mean, I think the Gypsy Joe one is more unprofessional than the mass transit one. Um, and I know, I know people are going to go, what the fuck are you talking about, you know? But, I mean, the kid did lie about the age and all that. Um, went in with the wrong attitude as well to someone that probably was a veteran of that style of, of, of kind of match. And knowing that the guy is an out-and-out lunatic as well, do you know what I mean? And takes himself very seriously. And not for one minute is that, like, condoning <clears throat> um, kind of how badly he busted him up. Again, like I said, I, I am not for that kind of wrestling. So I'm not certainly not going to be coming out and speaking out on behalf of New Jack saying, yeah, he was right to cut the, the, the kid up. Because I don't think anyone should be cutting anyone up unless it's done in a safe environment and done in a professional manner. I.e., you know, WrestleMania 13 or someone like Ric Flair who used to be able to kind of blade guys safely. Yeah, young aspirations of a professional wrestling career do not start in the gore with the master of violence himself. Exactly. Do you, you know what I mean? You're not exactly. going to reach the lofty fucking dreams of fucking... Bearing down somebody in the main event of a mania when New Jack standing across I, I, that's it. I, I suppose when you look at those situations, I mean, when you look at the Gypsy Joe one and the Hunter Red one, how tough was Gypsy Joe? Though? He took a fucking took a tremendous hiding, didn't he? That, that thing was like something out of a cartoon. That poor He's about old man. 150 years old yeah. last time I checked, but so I, he must have been about 120 back then. He, uh, fucking took, he took his whooping as well, yeah. But, but the, it's a gypsy bag, yeah. But the, the, one, the one thing about these guys is, um. They clearly never done their homework <laughs> um, in terms of this guy because I mean to steal no. a to steal a phrase from our other podcast, the Dynamo's dozen, this man never forgot the talk. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just think, you know, you have a guy. That's not here. what that meme means, by the way, 
but I mean, Jack like, had his own talent. <laughs> yeah, but when you when you think about it, like you know, the one thing that comes across on most of these incidents, and not to you know not to justify them in any way, shape, or form, um, he kind of always felt disrespected, and he sort of went into the ring feeling disrespected. Um, now, it depends what that level of respect is. I mean, for yourself, Joe, and for Ian, obviously, you're ex-NWA boys, which was all about honour, respect, and integrity and all that kind of thing. Tradition. Um, and tradition. Like, how did you feel when you listen to the stuff about how he comes across about feeling disrespected? If you look at the Hunter Red one, for example, um, he this guy approached him up front about putting the match again. He said, no, we sorted out, out back. So he obviously got up Hunter Red's nose straight away, but not doing it there and then and um, then when they were putting it together out back the match this is new jack's story of course um that during putting the match together hunter red walked off and disrespected him and then when he got into the ring if you look at the match he backs new jack up into the corner and starts beating the believing jesus out of him and a sucker punching him with proper punches now that doesn't justify grabbing a guy in a front face lock and absolutely taking out a blade and trying to turn him into a teabag but i mean like what what you thinking on that kind of you know that level of disrespect or did you ever experience it yourself Joe, in a well, locker you can room? Take that one first, yeah. Uh, well, I don't think I was ever. In, I don't think I was in wrestling long enough to have been disrespected. Really, I don't think. Uh, I certainly don't ever remember being disrespected, but uh, I do remember it was. But it was very much drilled into us um, in the in our uh, teachings like that. You know, you had to respect everyone around you, like from the from the photographer up to, you know, to the people in the back, the whole lot. Like, you know, anyone involved in the production, you had to absolutely respect. Yeah. So I, I never experienced any disrespect personally now. Um, and I certainly hope I never disrespected anyone. Um, I certainly didn't do it knowingly. Uh, but I can certainly understand, like, it, there is that element in the program, and always has been. You hear a lot of the old guys talking about, you know, respect and, I remember Booker T not so long long ago talking about the young bucks, but didn't shake hands with him when he was he felt disrespected and all that kind of stuff. So it's it is it is a key element of yeah. pro wrestling for sure. Yeah. So uh, I can understand uh, his frustrations and getting pissed off. Now, granted, he he was a violent man at heart, so for him to get pissed off and frustrated, it's to be on the end of that must be fucking terrifying. Um, but you know, I, I think it, I think sometimes. These guys, you know, these guys brought an element of it on, onto themselves. I think you said it now that they didn't do their homework on who the hell they were getting into the ring with. So you know, th- there's there's plenty of other guys you could disrespect and get away with it. But a guy it's like probably him, a different there's probably a different approach in the way you you boys were trained up as opposed to the American style. It seems to be like uh, in the rest of the world, you walk into your gym and with a humble frame of mind and you're under no illusion as to the fact that you're a student in training waiting to ascend in your chosen skill or your chosen you know art in in america it seems to be you see you see you read a lot of this like a lot of these men are sitting around locker rooms and they walk in with their brand new boots believing they're already the next big thing it's like where did you get that attitude, pal? There's, you didn't walk a, in a star in the waiting, like. There's an element. There's an element of that, like you know, because obviously Joe, as you said, you you kind of left earlier and stuff, and you obviously spent time over in the states with Dory Funkin. Um, I kind of Jay, just to touch on that point, that's a really good point you made. Like there was elements of people coming in like that. You know, I can. I'm not going to name names on the show, but Joe will know who I'm talking about. Um, there was some people that would come in with that kind of. 
I'm know, the next have, big thing. Listen to yeah. me. I'm changing the world. They'd come you know, in and have their gear. Six minutes old, pal. Yeah, they'd come in and have their gear ready, whereas we were fucking like, I was sewing on fucking dynamo on a pair of tracksuit trousers just trying to look cool. Do you know what I mean? And it was kind of, and the fundamentals were the important part. And I do think you're right. I think because we, we did come up from the British style of pro wrestling, you know, world of sport. That was kind of where it all came from. And and then obviously when, when the NWA banner was there, you knew it meant something. You know what I mean? You know, you were proud to wear that NWA Ireland t-shirt. And it was it was all about tradition and respecting, you know, the 10 rules of professional wrestling. The first thing you do when you walk into a locker room is you introduce yourself and you shake absolutely everybody's hand from the workers to the fucking tea lady. Do you know what I mean? Even though we didn't have tea ladies, but if there were one, you would you would shake her hand too. Um, so it was different types of stuff. And I do I do understand Noel's question. I mean, you know, if some sort of I think the guy was well within its rights within his rights to want to talk about the match beforehand. I mean, I've had and look, I can speak from personal experience. A mutual friend of ours, Jay, will will verify this. I was never one for wanting to plan matches. Joe will tell you this as well. I always liked start middle of an end and we'll call the rest in the ring. You know what I mean? Let's let's just know where what our destination is and we'll get there. Um, and some lads did want to just kind of go. And, oh, I was like, well, what, what, what do you do? What do you do that you want to get in? Grant, my body, I will give it to you and, and don't worry, you'll get your shit in. And that was kind of my thing. But I can also I can also understand um, you know where where that guy that obviously he was coming from he was like he obviously wanted to plan a match and have an idea of what this match was going but obviously new jack i mean how do you work a match with new jack because the lad just was gone beyond the work at that point his was just about beating the beating the piss out of it and and like i say i mean there's no excuse for stabbing him. i mean he should have been arrested and jailed for that to be honest with you i think it's actually crazy that he wasn't um there's no place for that you know in any walk of life to be honest with you um but <laughs> well, the story, the story at the back end of it is phenomenal as well, isn't it? Where he, he's he's arrested and brought away, and then your man, yeah. Hunter Red, goes down, drops the charges, but he says the new Jack, you have to come on tour with me around the Florida area or something like that, and and we'll work it into a, like an angle. Because he was Jack, trying to be a traditionalist, because yeah. he obviously came up in that. Yeah, yeah. But we've got here if we work it properly. Yeah, but yeah. New, new New Jack's New Jack's thinking, I'm going down here for five to ten if I'm not careful, and he turns around, and he goes, yeah. That's no problem. We'll do that. Your man goes, yeah, drops the charges. New Jack gets released. Goes, puts all his gear in storage and legs it out of the state, never to be seen again. <laughs> I mean, like, when you think about it, you know, when we're talking about it, yeah, he was kind of the anti... He's kind of like the anti-wrestling um, guy. Do you know what I mean? So that's why you would never find me the biggest fan of him. But I think that was more so later in life when he was just trying to make pay on, on the indies and stuff. I think he would have been a lot more professional probably back in the day because he would have had the guidance of the likes of Heyman and, and Jim Cornette and, and good workers around him. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's, uh, you know, and plus, guys, you're talking about a guy who was an admitted major cokehead. That's going to make you very, very angry all the time. So he had those voices in the background and on top of being a very violent man that carried big knives. Yeah, he was a volatile human. But again, a product of his... Upbringing, it's it's, it's 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 different, you know. With, with him, it's whenever you well, I, I wouldn't be too versed in New Jack, but I'm very interested in more so the, the 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 psychological aspect of the making of a man like New Jack, and 
it's very clear that he was together enough to stick around territories where he believed he could learn and earn a little money. And then when he went out on his own, maybe the, maybe the hardcore damage had been done to the skull already, but he realised, I'm going to have to cut my own hole out in this industry because there's every trope and every style and every standard, and there's 10 men filling every one of those. Yeah. There's no place for me at this table. And if I want to eat, I'm going to have to find a way. So, you know, build this aura around you that's fucking far beyond who you are as a person for all we know his favourite thing in the world was sitting around eating pizza and watching old Tom and Jerry cartoons as soon as them lights went on New Jack got to pay rent next week New oh, Jack, we New definitely Jack... know he didn't like that though <laughs> <laughs> you know you know Jay that's that's the funny thing about the story for anyone that hasn't seen the, uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episode like he literally says at the end he goes I want to be that old guy Sitting in a wheelchair with my knife and my big bag of cocaine. That's <laughs> the dream, so. Yeah, but it's, it's real easy to slip into getting comfortable with that character that you are. Do you know what I mean? It's just like we spoke before, yes. 49%, 51%. You don't know where that 1% dial flicks over yep. to right. Yeah. You know what? We can't go back to who we were. This is who we are. And this is what gets us laid and paid, baby. So we got to go on with the show. See yep. it through. So whereas most men like, won't still hard they'll plow away at they'll just say they get into the industry through the traditional doors and they're like you're the next big king thing kid it's like i am i'm like 15 years later they're still waiting for their call up whereas new jack's like Fuck that shit i ain't waiting for that call no more i'm the motherfucking phone now bitch yeah <laughs> you know i just said just like jay was talking about how he was a volatile human being but like he seems to have been very well liked at mm. the same time you know what i mean like there's an awful lot of tributes to him went flying around like because I remember seeing an interview oh, this is a few years ago now. Uh, it was Jim Cornette being interviewed for something I think it was just a shoot interview and New Jack walked in the door yeah and Cornette jumped up he's like oh how are you man? New Jack walked in he was like why can't we be friends <laughs> you know what I mean? so he seems to have been while he was you know he, he had his insane streak definitely he seems to have been really well liked by. I uh, think he was liked by the old school guys, Joe. Wasn't he's he? You know, worldly charismatic. You can't. Sometimes you just can't hate a fella. You're like, damn it, New Jack. Why? Why are you? Why are you so likable? But I think you know for, I mean? for Noel hosting this as well, like you, you said earlier, something really important. Like because I've I've watched like lots of people talking about him as well, and they were saying it's another Pillman story. He was working people a lot of the time, but people couldn't didn't get that he was working them. Do you know what I mean? So he was actually a nice, like he, he was, I guess he was loyal to the people that he liked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, there was, a, I suppose, a decent human being in there, but like, did he ever stand a chance realistically, you know, growing in that upbringing? I mean, at the end of the day, he made something of himself, but yeah. he was always going to be a very angry man, you know? Yeah, I think I think there was probably for a chance with him when he was down in Smoky Mountain, but I think once he moved up to ECW and in that meat grinder, blender, whatever you want to call it, it was done. And and it was interesting his comments to him about Ray Candy who trained him, saying that, you know, man, you need to stand out from everyone else. You need to be something different. And boy, Jesus, did he take that and run with it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, Joe, you, you touched on the tributes. I mean, like, a, I suppose when you look at New Jack and if you're around him, you might like to be there to witness some of the stuff and see some of it, but you certainly don't want to be locking up with it. I was, I was just when you were saying that, I was like, it's, it'd be nice to see, it'd be nice to, it's kind of like when you're at a zoo watching the lions, you want to be yeah. far enough yeah. away, but like able to see what's going on, yeah. but not get caught up in it. And uh, so I can definitely see that, like, you know, where you just like, 
Oh, New Jack's here. Fantastic. I'm going to stand in the corner yeah. and be really quiet and be a fly on the wall and watch the man. You know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. you know but, see, but another thing with him is, like, it's, it, is a, it is a pity in a way that he's, he's mainly remembered for, like the, as you said earlier, the uh, mass transit and Gypsy Joe stuff. And, was it Hunter Red, was it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, like, but if you look at, at his promos, lads, good yeah. Lord. That he was his was, big skill, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, he yeah. was exceptionally good on the mic. And you look at his Smoky Mountain stuff where he had that crowd literally baying for their for his blood. And you know, and this was the 90s when that was you know that was kind of being phased out, it was kind of disappearing. But he <laughs> he just un, he un, he he literally unleashed their inner racist. He really did, like, you know. And he he had and they were right. in the right places for it. I too. love that. I fucking love that. I love the fact that you've got this fucking auditorium full of you know traditionalists sitting there with their fucking spectacles on a stick and their programs eating their buttered popcorn go this is the best thing I've seen since you know Grizzly Patterson defeated Grizzly Walsh you know (laughs) (laughs) next thing you know sitting there in their tropes of tradition and fucking absolute terror walks out Fuck all y'all. Yo, white people can suck my big black ass. You know, like that was the kind of shit that he would say. It was like, yeah. I mean, he would essentially be racist himself in what he was saying because it was a hundred percent racist. But it was, but it was at a time where, like, you know, his character had every reason to be racist. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like you could just go down to like Bumfuck, Virginia, and be like. Well, what you gonna do, white boy? <laughs> He's what like, so I got this. What did he say? If, when you come into the ring, I'm gonna beat you like your mother owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> like, but is this not right? At the, at the crux and the heart of everything that we talk about, every fucking word, every single aspect, what's can't be drove home hard enough to anybody who watches and loves this business is it's not men working men it's men working an audience i mean you might be in the seats but it was your ticket that paid for the show and you better believe you're in that ring because if you're not the match is getting forgot like i mean you can be as fucking technically proficient as you want and wind up your career returning on the sly like a dean malenko or you could be new jack and the first thing the world did when they found out about was passing was shoveling he preys on them like it, it's it's not it's not lost on me. Like I'm not like I said, I'm not a fan of hardware wrestling. I'm not going to pretend to be. I just I, I'm I'm a traditionalist. I heard it was the time and era when I came up. I can understand its fascination. I've watched plenty of it. It's not like I'm fucking new to it. But at the heart of it, it's still the same business. It's still men in the ring working the crowd. Now at times they forgot that and just well, especially went to town. Dan, yeah, especially Dan. I think the the CZW stuff and all now. I mean, in ECW, I mean, Joe, you watched a lot of ECW, so you're probably the best man to talk about this. But I've watched many a New Jack match with you, and I was always intrigued because I always liked the song that was playing in the background. <laughs> you remember that? I used yeah. to be like, "That's a tune, man. I'm gonna watch." And it was just on repeat. I was like, "All right, I'm getting into this." So I was, and you remember that actually with you and Mark when you first showed me CW. I was like. I just want to watch this lad because Mark would say, so I was kind of, you know, and you're talking about Mr. Fucking traditionalist here, like, you know, at the time when I'm, but I was like, this is something different. And, but if you always look at it, especially in ECW, when it was in an environment that obviously Paul E was, was, was controlling, it was, it was stiff, but it was safe as well. Do you know what I mean? 
what would you say, Joe, about his work? I mean, in terms of in terms of uh, you know paying your tribute, especially because you you were a fan back in the day of that that particular product. I, I don't mean the the style, but I mean the product. Yeah, fucking in, courier. ECW, um, like there's a difference with the ECW hardcore stuff and this absolute as as a better man than us likes to say. This uh, what does he call it? Uh, the outlaw mud show. Outlaw mud show kind of CZW stuff thrown <laughs> each other off. You know, forty foots like. Yeah, freak show shit. Yeah. yeah. No, like look, I I used to always enjoy New Jack when he'd come out. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you always knew there was madness just, you know, following them. Like. And uh, and I think that's the ultimate big dick move to have your music playing so that the DJ didn't have to start it again when you won. You know what I mean? It's just like, he was so confident. <laughs> that we had to leave that shit on repeat. I'm going to fucking win this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He'd just go out and he'd beat the piss out of out of The trolley the with all the gimmicks in it. Yeah, and he'd beat the piss out of himself. He, he was just, as I said, you just didn't know what was going to happen when he came out, like, you know. You just you, all you knew was that it was going to be insane, and you know I I, I remember one story where he was uh, wrestling the guy. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can technically call it wrestling, but <laughs> him and this guy <laughs> were fighting, and um, he the, the spot was where he was going to throw him off um, where the commentary used to be, and um, onto these tables. And when they got up there, your man just went fuck that. I'm not going. It's too high. I didn't realize he's this high. I don't want to. Yeah. So Jack just grabbed, yeah, New Jack just yes. grabbed him and said, "Fuck it, we're going." And he, the two, he dragged him, and the two of them went. Yeah, hope you brought your wings, bitch. Yeah, I can't, re- I can't remember who it was that he did it to, but your man ended up way worse off because New Jack landed on his head. He was a big guy. Head. He was a big kind of yeah. big burly fella. Yeah, yeah, and he, he ended up fracturing your man's skull because of it. Like you know, whereas if he just gone himself. He probably would have landed a lot better. It's, it's safe it, as houses, brother. Safe as houses. <laughs> in tandem skydiving, indoor tandem skydiving with New Jack. He was jackass before it was a thing. He was definitely he was the, he was the Paddy Morrow of Outlaw Mud Show wrestling. <laughs> safe as houses, brother. I think that's what kind of is another thing that's about him as well. That's kind of lost. The, 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 you know, he was he was obviously a professional wrestler who became extreme, as opposed to somebody who became extreme to become a professional wrestler. And I suppose, you know, that's lost on him as well. Like I know, it's only it's only these eulogizing that has made it perfectly aware of his legacy and heritage. It's not something that he spoke about an awful lot when he was running around with fucking Stanley's like. <laughs> I love him. Did I ever tell you who I trained with? <laughs> I love I love the story that he tells on the Dark Side episode. And he says, uh, "Yeah, I was backstage and I had one of those Logan, you know, Wolverine gloves." And he goes, one of the blades just happened to snap off and it just happened to be in my pocket. And he's just knifing this guy. I know we shouldn't laugh at him, like, but just the whole build up to it is just insane. What are you doing in the ring with a big blade in your pocket? Like, you, know? you never know when you have to chop onions. <laughs> just madness. Like, absolute madness. Like, Taboo kept, kept weaponry on him as well, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just... Uh, yeah, but he was probably just afraid. He was that worried. He was probably afraid somebody was yeah. going to mug him. Just one eye on the ref, one eye on who he's fighting. You know I've got $46 in my pocket, bitch. I don't think Sabu was ever worried up. about anything, Jay. I think Sabu was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's one man that New Jack wouldn't have fucked with with a knife because it would have been like, all right, let's fucking do it. Be prepared. I suppose these stories again solidify again on episodes that... Uh, 
<laughs> takers call about 45s and bags <laughs> and all sorts of stuff, you know, because it's it's just an absolute hell. If I lived down south in the states, I'd have about five 45s in my bag. I'd be like, fuck yeah. you, I'm going Clint Eastwood on you, just and letting I, you know. And especially what Joe touched on saying, you, you know what I mean? He told the DJ just to keep a plane on loop. We can imagine a walking up DJ going, if you don't play this on loop, you're going to get a bit of this done. Yeah, <laughs> and he <laughs> did because he was afraid. <laughs> I'll just tap. I'll just tap this little yeah. knife on the side of your head there, so yeah. you know. Do you know what I like about you, New Jack? You don't stab me. Yeah. You're <laughs> you'd, all right. You'd, you'd wonder, um, are some of the tributes going about a fear or relief or uh, you know, I mean, or but the ghost like, of New Jack is a scary prospect still, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, or imagine if you have a situation and like you know, God forbid, but imagine like all these people are coming out, they'll start talking obviously about New Jack and stuff like that. And then we find out it wasn't him who passed. It was another Jerome Young. And he's coming back to kill all these guys. You know what I mean? For what they're saying, you know? So. Jim Cornette, I just want to say I've always liked you, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose. Well, I, I, I'll just cl- I'll close myself off on this one before you wrap up, Noel, and say I definitely think the tributes are warranted in the sense that he had a place in the business. He definitely... Um, Definitely at a time when the business did evolve and obviously WWE took that hardcore style over into the Attitude Era. Um, that was because of what people like New Jack and Paulie Heyman and all were doing, obviously on a much lesser scale. So um, I'd be the same. I would like to wish uh, wish his family and friends and all that. Um, the biggest condolences and stuff like that and from, from the Dynamo Podcast Network, definitely we don't like to see any um, brother pass regardless so uh yeah rest in peace jerome young yeah I, th- I think the only way we can close it out is like you know as the dvd was called forever hardcore um is the only fitting tribute you can really pay to the man um you know as we said a character who was a product of his environment but definitely i mean in 50 years time wrestling fans will still be talking about new jack jerome young so mm-hmm. rest in peace as always, man, head over to YouTube, Dynamo Podcast Network. Audio versions of the show on Anchor. This has been your look back and remembrance of New Jack, Jerome Young. Rest in peace. As always, we will chat to you again real soon. Thanks, boys. <laughs>